Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and we're all here and we're all talking football, talking football that has been and football that is to come, talking about positivity. There's a lot of positivity in this one, and uh, everything in between, basically. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop reviews if you've got reviews you want to drop. And uh, if you've got a football fan in your life, send them the podcast. They might enjoy it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, football podcast. Recording in progress. She isn't wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Whilst recording is in progress. Admin continues to be done. Obviously, uh, you know, pulling the curtain back massively. The, uh, the book that holds all of the information is being updated as we speak. That may give you an indication as to the uh, the time of recording of said podcast. But welcome along to your weekly instalment of football-based nonsense and tomfoolery. Obviously, I never do this alone, as that would be the world's saddest podcast. Um, but I am joined by the man who birthed the Cookie Cast Podcast Network, uh, Network, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Can I just get some clarification that this isn't the saddest podcast that there is? Tr- trust me, me talking on my own about how terrible Middlesbrough are would not be a podcast anyone wants to listen to. Versus, <laughs> if it's three people talking individually, <laughs> yeah, but, but at least, at least when there's. Three people talking about how terrible their respective football clubs are, and then the guy who hosts the podcast, who tries to bring at least a semblance of some sort of... I was going to say professionalism. I didn't mean that. Positivity to the... There's, to the no, there's no professionalism here whatsoever. <laughs> you know, it brings at least something to the team. Week in, week out, I turn up and try and say, come on, guys, these teams can do it. And week in, week out, I am proved... And what 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 a backhanded compliment to give the man as well. Professionalism. Oh no no. No, I don't mean that. (laughs) And rightly so. (laughs) I I am I am here. I am I am full of germs and uh, and other than that, I am fantastic. Thank you very much. Full of germs and positivity and dare I say professionalism. See, there you go, Stu. I've managed to sort of wind it back. Obviously, you heard his voice there. The whole, the whole extraordinaire day himself, Mr. Stuart Woodmancy, is also joining us this week. How are you, sir? Uh, I, I'm also full of germs, but possibly not Andy's germs. That is just a filthy rumour. I mean, let, let the podcast fraternity just start throwing those rumours about left, right and centre. <laughs> Let's see what can we come up with. And to finish the party... Last, but by cer- certainly no means least, it is Nottingham Forest fan, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Fine, fine, yeah. Do you have any germs that you need to disclose to the public? Or... Yeah. I mean, I'm just going for a sympathy cough there, but no. I don't <laughs> think... <laughs> uh, no, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> absolutely. So, yes, a couple of us not on, uh, not on top form, but we're powering through, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you... Some delightful football information. Uh, quite a busy week this week. We have six games to go through from last week. And um, we can't even start with new manager news because we still don't have any for uh, for Middlesbrough and Hull. Or sort of do we for Middlesbrough? I don't really know. But as at time of recording, a new manager is not in place. However, there are, there are strong rumours that an agreement has been put in place for Michael Carrick to become the latest Middlesbrough manager. 
treading the, at this point, quite worn path from Manchester United assistant of some kind to Middlesbrough manager. So, like I said, nothing's been confirmed yet, but there are strong rumours. He is a current 20-1 to 1 on favourite for the job with Skybet, which kind of tells you all that you need to know, really, when the betting odds get to semi-ridiculous nature. It's kind of nailed on that the, the sort of someone in the know has let the cat out of the bag. Um, a positive appointment, I suppose, in my opinion. There'll be a lot of people who say, oh, but he hasn't got any experience. How is he supposed to get that experience if no one takes a punt on him? You know, he's got to start somewhere. Brian Robson had never managed before he came to the borough and it didn't exactly turn out badly for him. So, listen, <laughs> all I'll say is it can't really be much worse than the shower of shite that's going on at the moment. So, if he gets the job, let's see what he can bring to the table. It'll be his first role. I'd like to think that people will throw their support behind him. So, let's see how he gets on. Any news from a whole perspective, Stu? A uh, little bit. Um, not No permanent appointment as uh, manager or head coach, but Hull have brought in ex-player and ex-Sunderland caretaker manager, Robbie Stockdale, and uh, a guy by the name of Berry Pardo, who's the former Istanbul Basakir assistant manager. So, plenty of sort of experience to help Andy Dawson they have been given like official roles as well I think um, Barry Pardo has been given something like head of sporting development like or some title to that effect uh, be more to do with the recruitment I think but yeah they've both come in to help Andy Dawson but it's understood that the appointments aren't linked to appointing a new manager as such which the search for that manager has now gone behind closed doors after the uh, very much got their fingers burnt by trying to do everything very publicly uh, with um, Pedro Martins. Although Pedro Martins is still the bookies' favourite, um, in the last couple of days, the odds on new Hull manager being Chris Wilder has been halved from 20 to 1 to 10 to 1. So there is a chance that. Uh, Interesting! Yeah, that, that may, uh, we may. We may get yet another link between our clubs at this point with the. The managerial appointment, but yeah, nothing, nothing permanent yet. But very, maybe, very maybe it could even be Andy Dawson. Depends how results go, but I'm assuming we shall get to that very shortly. Yes, indeed. And uh, obviously, there's no managerial news to talk of at Nottingham Forest, as there's no need to because that manager is thoroughly in place. But I did see something today, Mister Cook, uh, Mister Cook, Mister Moore. Sorry. About apparently the owner has um, managed to go and contract himself for uh, COVID once again. Got himself a bit of COVID again, yes. Hmm. me. Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he based in Greece, or is he based in the UK? I was wondering where the question was going. There, I was like, "Is he a big lad? He is. He's a big <laughs> lad." <laughs> um, he is based in Greece. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, most of most of his time is spent there. I think his son is possibly based over here a lot more. Um, right. But uh, his, but yeah, yeah, his his main kind of thing is um, is is over there. Obviously, running Olympiacos. Mm. So obviously, get well wishes. Obviously, to Mister uh, Mavrinakis. Uh, obviously. He won't be going to the game on Saturday. You would hope. <laughs> uh, obviously what, what does the government guidance say, Paul? What does the gov- Oh, wait a minute. Fuck all. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think the less said about the uh, the government at this particular point is uh, the better. But we won't go there. So anyway, like I said, six games to predict, or six games to six games to go through. Sorry. We start with our Premier League fixtures, where Wolverhampton Wanderers took on Nottingham Forest in a sort of Midlands derby, I guess. Um, I don't know if these if, if these got have these got needle between the teams. No, but I have needle about it because I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about the Midlands 
that ah, the Midlands have got a really good youth setup at the moment, and then proceeded to talk about Birmingham, Villa, and Wolves. So if, in that situation, you're talking about the West Midlands, which I am from. There is also the East Midlands, because that's the way it works. In the middle, it has both sides of you know, East and West. So just for, for the future, folks, there are two sides to the Midlands. Don't refer to as it the Midlands and then proceed to talk about Birmingham and the greater area. Because also the West... Uh, yeah, it, it annoyed the living shit out of me, to be honest. But we, we can kind of... There's no real kind of rivalry, no. The, the East Midlands kind of... Again, the East Midlands stick to the East Midlands clubs all hating each other. And the West Midlands clubs all stick to hating each other there. And don't really bother each other, to be honest, in that, on the whole. Hey, you ladies and gentlemen. Not only are you getting fantastic football information in your podcast this week, you're getting a little bit of history, you're getting a little bit of geography, you're getting a little bit of fire in the belly ranting from Mr Moore there. So, lovely stuff. Got a bit of wall covered. So, Wolverhampton Wanderers going up against Nottingham Forest. <laughs> Didn't really go to plan, I'm assuming, on this one. No, well, apparently the plan was part the bus and not concede, um, and then they did. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but apparently, like wolves, apparently wolves didn't offer much either. Um, but they got a penalty midway through the second half. VAR handball that seemed to take a lifetime to come through. Um, and Toffolo had handballed it. Pretty. I think if you've got to go, if you've got to go to VAR for it and kind of go through it, at some point we've got to be like, is this in a unnatural position? I mean, if it's all of a sudden attached to the top of his head, then yeah, that's unnatural. But like, I don't know, it wasn't for me. It didn't look. It wasn't like he'd stuck it out to save the ball. I think it's this kind of like kind of thing. So. So then, yeah, Neves um, scored the penalty. Um, Forrest got a penalty due to a foul on somebody in the box. It, they initially thought it was a handball, but it was actually a foul, possibly on Yates in the uh, in the box. Um, going back on um, on again, again to VAR, um, and then uh, Brennan Johnson missed it. Um, and that's how it ended. Um, then, unfortunately, due to the and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, the overactive Forest social media team um, had posted something post the post the Villa game, I think. Um, and then, of course, that came to bite them on the backside because, of course, West the Wolves had a repost to it. Uh, Steve Cooper's come out and said basically yeah that needs to stop because it's not really helping because at the end of the day we're celebrating a one-all draw with Villa uh, and then antagonising our next opponent um, if you want to find it I'm sure it'd be very very easy to find um, It's all it was all over social media yeah Hopefully we're just going to go back to you know like like I said when they were signing all all and sundry in in the summer, every every player came with his own special video to launch them as a forest player and it just got a whole lot too much and then they just got far too big for the boots and hopefully a lot of people have been I don't I don't want anyone to have lost their job but I hope some people have been put in their place kind of thing of how to run a football team and not just yeah, do things that antagonise people because everybody's on social media, folks. So, yeah, disappointing. Just before we go through the uh, the predictions and the scores, one thing that did get raised in the um, unending VAR debate at the weekend was that, and I'd never really considered this before, but that someone, I can't remember who the pundit was that, that brought it up. It might have, it was either Jermaine Jenis or, I can't remember who the other person was that was on match today this week. Um, it was it was either Jermaine Jenis or this other gentleman who I can't remember his apologies. But they said 
we're at a point now where if they're looking at the replays, they're looking at them and they're slowing down like the frames and stuff like that and they're looking at endless different like, angles and stuff like that. The ref never sees that first time. The ref doesn't get a chance to slow it down because he's looking in real time. So all the replays should be looked at in real time. Yeah. If, slow, if you slow something down frame by frame, it can make it look loads worse. It can make him look like he's literally just put his arm or he's like moved his arm like as slow as anything into the path of the ball. But if you look at real time, his arm will move like in an instant. I think and, it's, a, it's a debate that go, that's gone on for a long time in rugby as well. Because the game's so fast and the players are so quick, and it's like, oh, that's a high tackle. And you know, you like you hear the rugby players say, the problem is, you go for a tackle and someone ducks you, you've already set off, and it's really, really difficult to stop yourself from making that tackle, and therefore it turns into a high tackle because they've made a move that you can possibly react to. And that's the problem is that we're playing a video at not real life speed because you know, yeah you could slow everything down to be to, for everything to look ter- terrible kind of thing exactly and like like you said like it, it's always it was always the way when obviously it's before they even had VAR but they'd always talk about um, like bad challenges that ended up in like red cards and like players getting really really hurt and it was always a case of yes but everything looked worse in slow mo so and, but, that, but this is this is the kind of you know and obviously they were going, go off on a, on a tangent but this is the problem with VAR is that people clamoured for it and clamoured for it and, and, and fans can sit there and say they didn't they did because people sat there and watched watched Match of the Day and they watched whatever you know whatever was on Sky and stuff like that and they pointed out everything that they'd done wrong and there was oh human error blah, blah, blah. we need to take out the human error out of football alright well we've done that we're still not happy what, what do you want because what we, what we can't do is is that because we now have social media, people go after the refs on social media. They did it before because there was no VAR and they made mistakes. And now they do it now because VAR has its faults. Because at the end of the day, it's run by humans who also have faults. So exactly. do we throw it all in the bin? But then also, Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer and Jermaine Genius and Ian Wright and every other twat that's on TV that wants to sit there and point the fingers at the referees then they also need to shut up because you're making... It's not the same as it was it was 20 years ago when you could say all this stuff and there was no real consequence to it. Whereas now, you make a mistake, the referee makes a mistake, and 30, 40, 50,000 keyboard warriors get on there and give these poor people like absolute dog's abuse for a week, which makes their life a misery. The thing I'll never understand with it is that, like, yes, you know, it can affect the result. It can affect. It's, it's always, 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 always has been part of the game. Like you say, it's just human error. Without them people doing that, there won't be a game to be played anyway. So, where do they get off doing it? That's yeah, it's <laughs> the point. I think that I think the thing it mainly boils down to is the fact that it's 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 down to interpretation that it should be down to interpretation there should be basically things written down where this is a penalty this is not a penalty this is offside this is not offside take the interpretation out of it because unless it's the same person doing every game you're not going to get the same interpretation that's how it's that, that's what it should be for me there should be a centralised location and it should be one person. I know the feasibility of that is impossible if you've got more than one game going on at any one time, but that's that's what it has to be, basically, because you're not going to get a fair reflection across the board. We could do this for hours. We'll we'll just we'll have to leave there, otherwise we'll we'll just we'll never get off off the topic. So, from a perspective of the predictions, um. Myself, Stu and Matt had all varying degrees of draws. I had 1-1, Stu and Matt had 2-2. No points there. Andy had gone for the optimistic Forest 1-0 win. No points there. 
myself, I had Costa and Gibbs White to score. No, no good. Uh, Stu had Costa and Traore to score for uh, Wolves. Yates and Johnson to score for Forest. No good there. And they had Johnson to score for Forest. No good there. Matt had Dennis and Johnson to score for Forest. No points. Traore to score for Wolves. Neves to score for Wolves. Gets himself a cheeky little point. No points for his team, but one big, huge point for him in the predictions. We move on to the northeast of England, where Middlesbrough took on Blackburn Rovers in their lovely little sequence of win-loss, 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 so on and so forth. And their previous game to this was a loss. So how do we think this one might have gone? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Blackburn Rovers 2, Middlesbrough 1. And you can always tell it's going to be a great game when after four minutes, your returning centre-half sticks it in his own goal. What a bellend. <laughs> Just, oh God, I've watched it back a couple of times and it was originally given to Sam Gallagher, but it is definitely Lenehan who scores the own goal. I'm almost certain it either goes in off his belly or his penis or a little combination of both. Either way, not a great start. Not how you want to... Uh, reintroduce yourself to the supporters of the club you left in the summer. It didn't get much better as uh, after about 15 or 20 minutes, they were 2-0 down. This one was Sam Gallagher and, oh my, he absolutely twatted it in. Oh, God. They did manage to get one back before half-time with Duncan Watmore uh, latching on to a through ball and managing to slip it past the keeper. But it didn't get much better than that for the rest of the game petered out to a 2-1 win for Blackburn Rovers. Andy had gone for an optimistic 1-0 home win with Akpom to score. Zero points right there. I had gone for an optimistic 2-2 draw. So only one goal away from being correct. I had Akpom and Fors to score for the Borough. Brereton and Dolan to score for, uh, for Blackburn. No points there. Stu had gone for a 1-1 draw. Housen to score for Borough. Brereton to score for Hull. Uh, to score for, score for Blackburn. Sorry. No points there. Matt went for a 2-1 Blackburn Rovers win. Two points right there. He went for Akpom to score for the Borough. No good. Brereton with a brace, also no good. So, points for the week. Myself, Stu, and Andy, yet to score. Matt, streaking ahead with three points out of two games so far. We move to the East Riding, where Hull take on Birmingham City. Oh, dear. What happened? Nah. What happened, Stu? Well, well, we need to start just before the beginning for the full story because the, the <laughs> kickoff was delayed by twenty minutes because the, uh, the you know since since the Wigan incident with the goalposts the other week, the uh, the linesman now arrived with fully sponsored by B and Q with tape measures and everything. Um, they measured the goals and proved that. Hull haven't been able to score at home into a goal that was two inches taller than it should have been for the last uh, however long. So before play could get underway, um, they had to get men with tools to chop the bottom of the posts off and re-seat them all. Although, what did perturb me was that the guys who were doing it looked like they'd never used a saw before in their entire life and were doing it in an actual suit rather than work attire. Very bizarre. Um, so yeah, that, I, I'm I'm completely putting it down to that disrupting the flow and nothing to do with the fact that we're just fucking awful. Um, so yeah, 14 minutes in, Cyrus Christie, literally the missing link between the three teams, um, gave away a penalty. Troy Deeney duly obliged to just smash it into the roof of the net. Um, Rode it out till. 
half time, keeping it to one, and then two minutes into the second half, thought, nah, they might as well get him another. So Bakuna scored on 47 minutes, and Hull could have still been playing that game now and still not been anywhere near scoring. So just one of those afternoons. It was the fifth loss in six games at that point. Um, obviously, the, the management situation hadn't. The, the, the changes we mentioned earlier in the podcast hadn't really come into effect by that point. Um, so things can probably, hopefully, maybe only get better. No, I don't remember that D ring song. That's no, the remix. It's yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> things can only potentially, sometimes, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's lost. <laughs> Should we just go up? Yeah, that's so. <laughs> From a predictions perspective, optimistic 1-0 home wins for myself and Mr. Cook. Hellcast to score for me, Estepinian to score for Andy. That's no points, ladies and gentlemen. Matt had gone for a 2-1 Hull win. Estepinian and Seri to score for Hull. Hogan, brother, to score for Birmingham City. That's no points there. His team lost, but he gets a win with a 1-2 prediction from Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. One point there. His goal scorers, however, he had Estepinian for Hull. No points. Hogan brother and Chong. No points there, but just the one point for his prediction of the result. One, he's off the mark, ladies and gentlemen. He's got himself a point for the week. So he's on one. Matt's on three. Myself and Andy still yet to score. Our next game, we go back to the Premier League. We go down to the South Coast where Brighton and Hove Albion take on Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go on a limb and say this problem probably isn't going to take that long to go through, Matt. No, no. Nil, nil. Um, yeah. I don't know. I watched it. The pundits seem to think that Forrest were the worst thing ever to grace the Premiership. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. But maybe I've got leaf-tinted glasses, maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah, 60-70% possession to 30% possession, but you know, I think we spoke about it last week. After conceding, uh, what was it, 16 goals in four games? Yeah, Man City... Leicester, Fulham and uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, 16 goals in four games. They've now turned it into two in three games, which I think is a good place to start to stop conceding goals. Um, <laughs> we've got Arsenal and Liverpool next, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, nil-nil. I don't know. I thought it was, I, I was strangely pleased with the performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched the majority of the game as far as nil nils go, it was fairly entertaining. It wasn't. It wasn't a dull game by any by any stretch of the, of the imagination. But yeah, just not not a great deal happened. Like, like it got mentioned in the in the commentary at the time. But Brighton, oh, they, form, really they, bad home form. They can't. They couldn't finish the dinner either. That's no. that always the kind of thing as well. Could, that they just like you could just tell that they're just crying out for. Anyone who could put the ball in the back of the net, and they just—if they had—if they had a striker who, who, who could finish, you'd 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 hear Markham was like potential like outsiders, like outsiders for the top like eight or something like that because they play some lovely stuff. I, I don't know what you mean about the striker thing, Paul, because they were singing the praises of Danny Welbeck before the game started, and uh, oh uh, oh yeah, okay, carry on. Late shout for the England World Cup squad, you say. <laughs> No, just to clarify, ladies and gentlemen, no one is saying that. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's not put that into the ether, shall we? From a, a predictions perspective, 2 0 Brighton home win for Paul Williams. That's no points. 1 0 away win for Stuart Woodmansey. Gibbs White. That's no points. Matt, 3 1 Brighton home win. That's no points as well, right there. Andrew Cook, however, went for a draw, went for 1-1. Gets himself a point for that particular result. Not for any goal scorers, obviously. Andy Cook, off the mark for the week. 
He has one point. Stu has one point. Matt's still in the lead with three points. We won't talk about how many points I've got. We have two games left to talk about. They were both completed this very evening. We will get to those in just a moment, but we are going to take a small, brief interlude before we do that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, or just congratulations for letting your podcast play on. Um, We move to our final games of Week 12, where Blackpool took on Hull City. Obviously, given previous results, I can only assume we're going to be thoroughly disappointed with what you're about to tell us, Mr. Woodmancy. Well, some of you may remember last week's podcast I was quite negative in the first half of the predictions and I tried to instill some positivity in the second half and we started with like Forrest got a point so that was more positive than it had been previously and then Hull City went 1-0 up in their game after 26 minutes and I thought oh oh and then five minutes later they uh, let one in so Ryan Longman has been credited with the goal for Hull on 26 minutes. Kenneth Dougal. What name? Kenneth Dougal. Equalizer. I can only presume he's like Argentinian something, yeah? Uh, well, surely he'll be like Chilean from, based on previous... Uh, he'll, he'll get like Diaz after his name as well. Kenneth Dougal <laughs> Diaz. That's it. Um... And then I thought, oh, here we go, normal service is resumed. I'll wait for my phone to beep again, and then we'll be losing. And my phone beeped. And Hull were 2-1 up. Right on the stroke of half-time, in the third minute of injury time at the end of the first half. So going into the break, Hull were 2-1 up. And that was an absolute banger of a goal from Greg Doherty. Talk about top bins. Jesus Christ. Nearly took the back of the net off, I think. It was wicked. Um, and then, yep, yeah, alert goes off second half. All right, up oh, two two. Then it wasn't two two. It was three one, and Regan Slater scored on the seventy ninth minute. And I'm happy to say that's how it finished. So finally, after say five losses in the previous six, they actually won a game. So yeah, and away from home as well. So whole three. Blackpool one was the final score on the coast. There, I say there may be some intrepid Hull fans who took the Thursday off work and they are enjoying the fruits of the English Riviera. From a predictions perspective, three. Excuse me. One. Just a quick geography lesson: the English Riviera is talky. Oh, well, it's all the same thing. It's all the same bloody thing. The English Las Vegas or whatever it's classed as. I don't know. I think you can probably just sum it up as shit all and then everybody's... (laughs) And uh, if you listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen, that is the sound of podcast numbers plummeting in the northwest as we speak. I'm tempted to leave. I love Blackpool. Oh, there you go. Tune in next week for uh, the, uh, the fisticuffs that will inevitably have been uh, thrown from uh, Moor to Woodmansey. Oh, there's, there's something we could try and get on pay-per-view. Podcast scraps. Lovely. Um, yes, three 1-1 one, one predictions from myself, Mr. Moore and Andy gives us zero points. However, Mr. Andrew Cook... Picking Longman to score bags him a little bonus point. It's, it's, it's finally paid off. He's been flogging that horse all season and he's got a point from it now. So. Uh, myself and Matt had picked Yates and Estepinian and Yates and Pelkas respectively, so no points there, sadly. Mr. Woodmansey, Mr. Optimism, if you will, with the nil one Hull City win, bags himself a point. Did pick Pelcaster score, so no points for goal scorer there. What that does from a predictions perspective, Andy, two points for the week. Stu, two points for the week. 
Matt, three points for the week. Uh, there, mu- there must be some sort of like smudge or something in my book because I can't quite read what I've got for the week. So we'll just have to move on. Um, so we have Wigan Athletic versus Middlesbrough in our final game of the week. So as Stuart, as we've said there, Forest managed to get themselves a point. Lovely stuff. Hull managed to get themselves three points. Borough are going to let the side down here, aren't they? They're going to go away to Wigan. They're not going to go as far as the English Riviera, apparently. They're, they're going to have to stop in Wigan, get themselves a couple of pies. They're going to be a little bit, you know, filled with the pastry and stuff like that. And they're going to, and they're going to shit the bed. Au contraire, ladies and gentlemen, just because they go 1-0 down, in the 34th minute to a Will Keane strike, they don't take that shit line down. No, 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 no. They managed to get themselves back on level terms just before half time. There must have been something in the waters of uh, the Hull and Middlesbrough drinks. As uh, just before half time, they managed to get themselves either on level terms or even ahead in the game. Isaiah Jones gets on the score sheet to make it 1 1. Pretty much as soon as the second half starts, Middlesbrough back on the front foot. Uh, and Duncan Watmore just making a nuisance of himself in the penalty area, manages to get on the end of a ball and. Uh, Hooks it through the keeper's legs for 2-1. In the 57th minute, a first goal in Middlesbrough Colours for youth team prospect Hayden Hackney, which was a strike from outside the box and a delightful little finish. 3-1. It wasn't done there, though. They get a penalty in the... Just double-checking the stats. The 69th minute... And uh, it is thoroughly dispatched by everyone's favourite, Tubes. Tuberapom gets on the score sheet. Unbelievably, Middlesbrough come away with a 4-1 win. It's, that has just occurred to me then. We've had this thing about sloppy seconds throughout the season. Obviously, Hull played Wigan not too long ago, really. And both teams went down 1-0 to begin with to a Will, uh, the Will Keane goal and then ended up winning, so... I'll do. So, there was a tweet that had come out earlier in the day where Wigan hadn't beaten Middlesbrough in their last 12 meetings and obviously Middlesbrough hadn't won on the road in the last nine games. So this was your stereotypical something's got to give game. So obviously, one in signs went off in Paul Williams' head. Huh. One nil home win incoming, incoming, incoming. And obviously when they went one nil down, I was like, well, this is going to be brilliant, isn't it? But no, they managed to pull themselves together. Obviously, talk of the manager potentially being appointed within the next couple of days must have given them the kick up the arse they needed, and they got themselves a much needed win. Predictions wise, myself and Andy, 1 1 draws. I gone for Wyke and Muniz to score. Andy gone for McGuinness and Fours to score. That's no points right there. Matt had gone for a 2 1 Wigan win. McGuinness. To score for Wigan, forced to score for Middlesbrough, but keen to also score for Wigan. So gets himself a little bonus point. Mr. Woodmansey, hitting on all cylinders at the minute, gets himself a little 1 0 Middlesbrough win. Point for the result, he's gone for Akpom to score, so gets himself a second point. So, closing out the week, some guy. Zero points. We don't need to go into it. It's some guy. You've probably heard of him before. Um, oh, Paul. Um, Andrew with two points from six games. Well done, sir. Tying with four points each from six games. It is Mr. Stuart Woodmansey and Mr. Matthew Wood. Don't think we've had a tie before, have we? Maybe not this one, but... This is, this is where we need someone who's like, you know, the world's biggest podcast fan to go back through the archives and see if we've ever had a draw in the prediction. Podcast style. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lovely stuff. That's week, that's week 12. Done and dusted, ladies and gentlemen. We have three games ahead of, ahead of us this week. We will start in the Premier League. All these games are on Saturday. First time that's happened in a while where all three teams are playing on the same day. We start with Nottingham Forest taking on Liverpool. Mr Moore's team, he will give us the pick last. 
I'll dive straight in on this one. <sighs> I don't see this going well for Forrest. Sadly, I've gone for a 3-0 Liverpool win. Salah to get two and Nunes to get the other one. Stu. Again, feel bad, but I agree that it's probably not going to go well. But this is one of the games where they'll have had it marked down as a bit of a free hit anyway, I think. Like, if we get anything from it, great. But more to play the odds for the predictions. I've gone for 4-0 Liverpool. Uh, two for Salah, one for Jota and Harvey Elliott. I'll let you re-pick. Yeah. Jota's out till December. Oh, OK. Um... Well, uh, Firmino will be playing then. Yeah. Go for Firmino then. Played tonight. So Salah 2, Firmino, and who was the other one? Harvey Elliott. Mr. Cook. It felt, it felt wrong, but looking at the looking at the way it was set up, I was a little bit like... And I'd like to say, all predictions that I've written in this book were before any of the games from this evening finished. Let's put it like that. Um, I've, I've got to give him a goal because he's in the room. So it's, a, it's 2-1 to Liverpool. I know, I know, but, you know... I had actually, I'd, I'd forgotten that rule, and uh, I feel uh, ashamed of myself. So, uh, naughty Paul. I've got, uh, uh, as always, I'll keep rolling it out until he scores. Johnson. Uh, well, you would, well, you wouldn't have to keep doing that if he could score his, in penalty, could you? I mean, Andy rolling out Johnson is uh, what I took from that. Yeah. He played well last night. Uh, so, basically, get that on a T-shirt, you see. <laughs> Andy's rolling out Johnson. I'm on it. Um, I was going to go for, uh, for Salah for two, but I decided no. No, dive in there, get stuck in. Uh, I've got Salah for one and Diaz. Also out injured. I knew, you, I knew you were going to say that. Salah for two then, yes please. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Why don't, team, why don't teams update their website? Why can't they just put injured? Simple. Because they're, they're Simple. far too busy counting their millions and millions of pounds. Then pay someone yeah. to do it with the million. Well, yeah, you would have thought that would be the nice, uh, the nice sort of yeah. trade-off. Go on, then, Mister Moore. Give us, uh, give us the uh, the lowdown on this one. Going to go. I've gone for uh, Forest nil, Liverpool uh, five. Wow! So I was con- contemplating putting a big score on this one. I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm Liverpool aren't that good. They've looked very, very vulnerable at times this season. We've done a good um, job of making people look good, though. You know, yeah. what, the other week, does that ring any bells? Nah. And as well, after that performance they put in against Man City, you're not telling me they're not going to use that now to drive them on a bit. Yeah, that's true. They've, uh, had, they've, had, they've had the two wins, haven't they? Like, they beat Arsenal the other day, and they beat, yeah. um, they beat West Ham tonight, I think. Yeah, West Ham. Got, no, Arsenal beat them 3-2. One. You'll be they thinking of the Man City game from the weekend. Man City, Man City game, yeah, Man City, yeah, yeah. Um, goal scorers, I've got Salah two, Nunes two, and of course, just to spite me, Henderson will score one. Oh no! Oh no! Safe to say, this is on television at half past twelve on Saturday. I this this is indeed the BT live offering. Oh no, Henderson! Oh no. Paul feels dirty writing that in the book. He can I, tell I, by I do. I feel like I need to go and shower just to get that sort of like nonsense off me. I'm predicting it, but that's that's all the more reason why it's going to happen. Yeah, it's true. It's it's the unwritten rule of the podcast. We move to the northeast, where could he even be in charge for his first game, Michael Carrick? Middlesbrough take on Huddersfield Town. Uh, Mister Cook. So, like I say, I did make predictions before games finished. Uh, but when I went back to my book, I was like, oh, maybe not that bad. Uh, Borough won. 
Huddersfield Town. Zero. And again, I will keep writing this in the book until, you know, fours to score. Interesting. Mr. Moore. I have gone with a 2-1 win for Borough. Ride that, that wave, that new manager, 4-1 away win by uh, Watmore and Akpom to score. Watmore to bag for a third game in a row. Crazy. Crazy! He's at Akpom for the second. Yes. And your Uddersfield game, there you go. You know where I'm going with this. Old boy rule. Ultimate all-boy rule when they've been crap for you as well. Jordan Rhodes. To be fair to him, he, I don't think he was that bad at the Borough. He never got a, he never got a, he never got a chance when they were in the Premier League. Um, he just didn't score uh, many for you, did he? That was the... No, and, and weirdly, never scored at the Riverside. He, all his goals were away from home. Oh. And then obviously last season he played against him at the Riverside and fucking scored. So, that was <laughs> nice. Uh, Mr Woodmansey. Uh, nice and quick and simple for you for the book purpose. Nils. Nil-nil? Yep. Well, isn't that weird? As uh, it's not the only nil-nil I've already got written down in front of me. As I too had gone for a nil-nil. Now, uh, granted, in, in the same vein as Mr Cook, I had made this prediction before the game tonight. Um, I am going to keep it at nil-nil because uh, I've also come to the decision that I am not going to give Middlesbrough the satisfaction of predicting any more wins because uh, they can go to hell basically <laughs> they've let me down too many times so I'm not going to get my hopes up anymore we move to our final game of week 13 where we have Rotherham United taking on Hull City it's his team, he will go last and give us our last prediction of the week so I will once again dive in right at the start for us here I have gone for a 2-1 Rotherham win. They're on a bit of a roll at the minute, so I think they might have enough just to keep that going. My goal scorers, it's in effect, ladies and gentlemen. He did play there. He wasn't a goal scorer because he was terrible, but Eves to score for Rotherham and Barlazer. I have also gone for Cynic score for Hull, Stu looks horrified by something that I've just said. How how can you say Eves wasn't a goal scorer? He wasn't a regular goal scorer, but he absolutely was a goal scorer. You do realise I've seen him play, and he was gash. Yes, but you were also the guy that ragged me for saying Tavernier was shit, and you said he was good, and he, he was Can't still good. Or assault him, and look how terrible they've been this season. Well, well, Hull sold Eves, and look how terrible we've been this season. <laughs> so, you know. Now that is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> my Hull goal scorer, I don't know if it came through, but Cynic I've gone for to get the goal for Hull. Uh, Matt? I've gone for a one-all draw. Ogbeen, Ogben, for Rotherham, O-G-N-E, and Palkus for Hull. Mr Cook? A little bit of a mixture of, of both previous predictions. One all, Eves for Rotherham, and uh, Estupinan for Hull. Yeah, I think all the old... Oscar's been a bit quietly uh, lately, hasn't he? So, yeah, it's time to get back on that scoring train. Certainly is. It's his team. He's going to close out the week for us. Go on, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilson. Give us, a, give us the lowdown. What's it going to be? I'm, I'm going to try and go optimistic again, like last week. Um, so I'm going to go for a 1-0 away win. And purely because he seems to be rotating him in and out of the side at the moment in the sense of he starts a game then he's a sub the next game. Well, it was it was a sub tonight, so he'll therefore start in theory at the weekend. But I'm going for two fan because it's about time he pulled his finger out on the goal scoring. Two. 
too fun. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. There is your week 13 predictions done. Obviously, get yourself down the bookies. Get all of your money on that nil-nil Middlesbrough-Huddersfield because obviously that's your banker prediction of the weekend. Unless you gentlemen have got anything else to bring to the party, I believe we're done. In that case, it just leaves me to thank all of you wonderful people for listening in and to thank these three delightful gentlemen here for joining me for another week of, uh, for, for once, not football nightmares. Actually, some positivity on the podcast this week, which is a nice uh, change of pace for how the uh, season started. I Join mean, us again next week where we'll uh, we'll break down the, the week's games and okay. uh, you, might, you never know, there might be some more positivity. Stu shaking his head. Normal service will resume next week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hull and that, Hull and Borough and nineteenth and twentieth, respectively. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, people. <laughs> hey, listen, it's the right side of that dotted line, so that's all. Yeah, that is, that is true. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you next week. Toodle bye. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. Fantastic stuff. Big thank you to you for listening along. Big thank you to any of the watchers we've got out there. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop in a review if you want to drop. And you can also check out our website. It's thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.